0: Well, welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down, of course, great retailers and the data and technology that move their supply chains. Now, uh, today we're going to be diving into a number of topics. We've got some interesting news stories that I want to cover first. And then we're going to be talking about the good old ultra fast delivery services that all of us were obsessed with throughout COVID. Uh, And we're going to talk about really where the funding is going to those uh, companies in particular and the downfall that we've seen in their valuations over the past uh, couple of years. So uh, before we dive into that, though, again, we have some interesting news to hit on all types of areas. We're going to start here right here uh, in my uh, home state in particular. Uh, We're going to start, of course, with Amazon, who has now announced that they are moving one of their new robotics fulfillment centers to Detroit. Uh, Very excited about this. Uh, We're already seeing actually some uh, actual uh, car assembly jobs starting to leave the state as of probably a couple months ago now. Uh, So that was unfortunate to see, but it's great to see that there's still some investment here in this wonderful state of Michigan, pure Michigan, of course. And now uh, what we're going to see out of this is about 823,000 square feet of robotics uh, fulfillment centers here in Detroit. Uh, They're looking to actually focus more on regional hubs. Uh, Amazon in particular is really focused on bringing down the miles between Uh, their delivery locations, and where their fulfillment centers are. So that means putting more of these locations in certain regions in particular, and Michigan is one of them, uh, that's going to support about 10 different fulfillment and sortation centers and create about 13 delivery stations throughout Michigan too. Uh, And just because it's robotics, again, does not mean there's going to be no human employees at all in there. That's the opposite of what's true. Uh, Again, remember the point of investing in robotics is that we get rid of the minutia and allow more of our human capital or or human employees to take over more management positions and hires uh, career or salary goals uh, and roles as well. So uh, in particular, they're going to be hiring about 1,200 employees uh, throughout this facility uh, and throughout those uh, centers as well and really to focus on the technology behind their order of fulfillment. Now, uh, the Detroit mayor is very pumped about this. Do not uh, uh, blame him for that. Mike Dugan is is very happy with Amazon's commitment towards this site. Again, uh, if you are a, a Michigan resident or been to Detroit, you understand that there's a lot of room and a lot of space for, uh, this, honestly, more uh, companies to move here. Uh, there's a number of neighborhoods that have been uh, well, honestly not lived in, in for quite some time. And so it's really great as Michigan residents to see that we are going to continue to get investment from large uh, corporations like Amazon uh, and create some more jobs here in the state too, especially, like I said, when we've seen uh, more on the car side that's uh, been more traditional towards uh, Uh, Michigan employment uh, starting to lead the state a little bit too. Uh, What's also great about this is Amazon is going to give back to their communities. Now, uh, I don't want to take this time to go back and forth on Amazon's role in communities and and how uh, they might hurt or harm uh, the uh, tax aspect of certain uh, communities as well. That's the discussion for another day. But Happy to see that not only they're bringing these 1,200 jobs, this very large fulfillment center, but they have, uh, with this announcement, actually announced two more community parks that they're going to build and a new state-of-the-art transit center uh, for Detroit Department of Transportation riders, which is big. I mean, for honestly, that's really some infrastructure that's quite needed in the area. And I assume that, right, from Amazon's perspective, they want to invest in the and the transportation of those 1,200 employees. So uh, the fact that they are thinking about the community and and building parks nearby too, and again, in an area that quite could really resonate with the the new parks and and having that um, investment in their community as a whole is is really great too. Now, uh, if you check out the article, you get some behind-the-scenes look from uh, Amazon Detroit's assistant general manager Uh, and showcasing the different roles that are going to be behind that speedy delivery. Again, these are going to be more management style and technology roles uh, that are more than just uh, facilitating and packing and sorting boxes. Uh, Overall, Amazon's presence in Michigan is now uh, up to 21,000 full and part-time jobs and uh, indirectly supporting about 32,000 jobs on top of that too. There's Uh, When I was living in Grand Rapids, there was a huge expansion in a large uh, center that they built there. Uh, It was at the time running a business, pulling a lot from available employees out of that. But uh, they've uh, of course also invested in our airports, uh, as we see Grand Rapids Airport uh, and their apron, which people don't know what an apron is in an airport. It's it's overall um, uh, availability or space, right for. Uh, Planes has been uh, increased for Amazon too. So, again, as a Michigan residents, it's uh, very interesting to see. Uh, Overall, they're going to be investing over 1.2 billion dollars across the U.S. uh, to upskill over 30 sorry 300 thousand employees, and they're going to be partnering with local universities and colleges as well. That's again across the United States as a whole. So, uh, kids out there looking to go to college, uh, maybe check out. Uh, how that investment from Amazon, what they're doing and see, of course, a few, uh, I'm sure some situations with uh, interning with them or working with them throughout school. Uh, I would definitely look into those before, uh, of course, taking out loans or anything else uh, in, in that regards. Uh, again, very happy to see the Detroit residents going to, of course, benefit off of this uh, much needed jobs in the area, but also, like I said, investment from into the community too. Great to see uh, more of that uh, update within the transit center, and of course, uh, community parks being built as well. Uh, again, we'll save the back and forth on uh, if Amazon is is helping communities or not. And hey, we'll we'll watch and see how Detroit grows around this too. But uh, as a mission resident, gotta point that one out. Uh, this one is going to be a little uh, a step aside, focus more on the retail side of thing. Crocs, who's got them? Not me, but other people do. Uh, I am very close to buying a pair of Crocs just because I've been hearing how comfortable they are. I love the fact that you can customize them and uh, love seeing a lot of these brand, uh, uh, I guess, crossovers uh, with Crocs too. I know there's a Barbie situation. There's a ton of other different, uh, if you have Crocs, you know what they're called, the, the little uh, buttons that you put in the, the shoes as well. Uh, I love seeing the different types of brands that they partner with too. Of course, uh, sell more, and that's working out for them because they actually just hit in their recent earnings a billion dollars in Q2. Uh, That's 11.2% year over year revenue growth for the quarters. Uh, Absolutely amazing to see. I mean, uh, I think Crocs is someone that's uh, really pushed against the odds, right? I think uh, there was a, when they first came out there big, there's a little bit of a, I think, fall off if they were cool or not, but. They've held steady throughout uh, all this time. And uh, their net income also rose about 32%, $212.4 million. Their direct-to-consumer revenue is up 26% and wholesale just up 0.2%. So a lot of people are going directly to them to, I'm sure, especially take advantage of those brand uh, branding deals as well. Uh, now, the full revenue for the company uh, their expectations have lowered to 14 to 18% uh increase uh and uh, Crocs in particular though they raised their brand their uh expectations for the brand up to 12 to 13%. uh it's pretty interesting i think uh what's very interesting about this too is they've expanded their distribution because they're experiencing issues with Amazon's gray market. Now if you don't know what a gray market is it refers to products that are actually sold Legally, but outside of a brand's permission. So copycats in a way, right? So they were heavily on Amazon. They took uh, themselves uh, off of that, or at least a lot of their products off of that, because, uh, of course, they are competing against uh, legal, but uh, replicates of of their own brand. So uh, doing that, that's why I think we saw such an increase in their direct-to-consumer revenue, right? 26%. Uh, in that area too. So uh, they're also working uh, on adjusting certain policies with their wholesale partners, specifically Amazon in particular, right, Uh, in order to avoid those issues in the future. So uh, there we go. We got a little bit of bad Amazon news into the episode too. Uh, Again, uh, the biggest concern from their CEO in their earnings call was, yes, just that Amazon gray market, but they do plan to address that throughout the quarter which right, makes sense because in, into the next quarter, they're going to really be rubbing up, I'm sure, for the holiday season. So it's, it's not like you want to avoid that marketplace. There's people, Amazon Prime members, who probably will want to buy Crocs through the space. So uh, just working, of course, with that wholesaler with Amazon to make sure that they uh, are getting the brand recognition that they deserve. And, of course, uh. Doing away with some of the replicates that they're seeing or competing with as well. I think that's uh, pretty huge. Uh, and le- last, but not definitely not least, Walmart. Yes, yes, I found a way to put it in here. I I did, and I I try to avoid. I honestly try. Uh, the last ch- couple episodes, I try to avoid it. You guys know I love Walmart, so it's like. Uh, I, I I just I, at this point I think it's just it's the world is bringing the Walmart news to me, but this one in particular, if you are a fan of the show and listen to past episodes, well, you know exactly where I'm going with this. So, talking about Flipkart now. Walmart actually acquired more shares of Flipkart from Tiger Global uh, this past week. Uh, they paid 1.4 billion dollars for the larger stake in the India-based e-commerce company now again we've talked about flipkart in the past because for me i think it's one of their greatest global attributes especially when we look at their earnings and what they're doing globally as well i think this is i want to say short term but also long term really great hedge for the company i mean we're talking about a very large emerging economy uh, out of india uh, as as more and more individuals get uh, uh, cell phones in their hands and service in a lot of the areas that doesn't get uh, internet or cell phone service today that's just going to in their e-commerce uh e-commerce uh purchasing is going to increase over and over again and Flipkart is the number one place that they go in order to purchase their goods so i am not surprised to see this i was very happy to see this and uh uh, I think anyone, especially holding stock in Walmart as well, is probably uh, very happy to see this too. Now, of course, they they love having Tiger Global's involvement with it, uh, and I think that's really the confidence that had them uh, put in more uh, for the Flipkart itself. Now, in 2018, Walmart did become Flipkart's largest shareholder with about $16 billion that gave them a 77% stake in the business. Uh, the transaction value slipped current at approximately $35 billion now. It is this; it is down, though. We'll get into actually some other down uh, markets here in a few minutes, but uh, that is down for about a $38 billion valuation uh, just two years ago in 2021. Uh, so, but it's, I can guarantee that's probably why Walmart decided to make this investment, right? Uh, it's uh, while these down valuations are happening, I think we're going to see big retailers putting a little bit more money uh, where it counts. And again, I think this is a, a, a very great hedge for for uh, Walmart globally. And if uh, hey, if a product becomes a little less valuable and you can buy more of it at a, a cheaper rate than you did the first time around why not go for it? And uh, as well as, uh, of course, this work, they're uh, looking to see, Walmart in particular is looking to see double-digit top-line growth uh, from uh, both Flipkart um, Walmart Mexico and their China business uh, throughout the year. Uh, and in recent calls, Doug McMillan, which is Walmart's CEO, has highlighted Flipkart as positive performers. Uh, of course, that makes sense seeing that, of they have such an emerging market uh in their hands. I think we're gonna see more and more action out of slip cart too as they grow. And uh hey, again, uh if that doubt that, that valuation does go down, if we do see the economy struggling for a little bit longer globally, um uh, maybe even buy more of that too. Uh according to Walmart's international CEO Judith McKenna, she describes India as the company's most mature marketplace. Uh, so uh, they're expecting, I'm sure, to see more growth out of that too. Um, and we'll see exactly where their investments go in Mexico and Canada as well. So again, happy to see that in um, shareholders. I'm sure uh, you're happy that Walmart got that purchase in just right there when the perfect timing at a lower value too. And like I said, that's actually going to be a common theme today as we dive into good old ultra fast delivery remember like it was yesterday we we're stuck in our homes and the only thing we wanted was well our foods and our snacks and our groceries and anything else we could think of buying delivered to us asap because we had nowhere to go and only money to spend on things well that's flipped Uh, Again, uh, looking today, the consumer is definitely not as confident in their purchases and uh, isn't looking too positive anytime soon as well. So because of that, you've just seen funding completely collapse in the ultra fast delivery market. So just to name a few of these companies that we're going to be talking about, we're talking about GoPuff, uh, Getter, Gorilla, um, uh, Bolt, Glovo, Flink doordash kind of we'll talk about why doordash really doesn't fit in this as much what they've done to kind of avoid just this uh market of ultra fast delivery but i will say i i've been against ultra fast delivery for some time now i i don't have the clip of it but i know i said on the radio about a year ago that uh, my hot take was that ultra fast delivery was not going to be worth the investment at the end of the day it's who needs who truly needs something in 15 minutes? If I if I need something in 15 minutes, I'll probably drive out and get it. And I probably won't pay the extra fees to do so. And on top of that, in order to build an ultra fast delivery network, you have to have assets that are ready to go ultra fast. And we're already seeing, of course, companies lose out on gay economy workers. So I don't know how we're gonna see as time goes on unless these jobs become so attractive and, and we start paying drivers to just basically sit outside fulfillment centers, I don't see the growth of this. So, uh, Grace, bring us, bring us some stats before you just tell us personally what you think. Well, uh, in 2021, investment in ultra-fast delivery peaked at about $7.8 billion. That was nearly a third of total food and delivery, uh, uh, food and meal delivery funding for that whole year. However, we saw that throughout 2022 that dropped significantly by 72% and is continuing to fall off the charts. If we can bring up that uh, that funding perfect, uh, you can see, yeah, real peak right there in 2021 and just completely fell off the map. Even into this uh, year, 2023, only three deals compared to the 46 we saw in 2021 with less than an, almost half a billion dollars, right? Uh, which still steals like a lot. And uh, as we, of course, uh, dive into this, uh, some of the top funding uh, uh, companies from that time, uh, GoPuff led the pack with $3.4 billion, followed by Getter and Bolt, each of them right about $1.9 billion. Uh, we saw Gorillaz, Global and Think, Blink, sorry, also grab a significant amount of funding. Uh, And of course, uh, what's interesting is uh, I think we're going to see a lot of these companies potentially uh, be looked at as uh, some really interesting acquisitions. I mean, just like we talked about with Flipkart, Flipkart's value goes down. Well, why not pick it up for the the pennies on the dollar? And This is the same thing here. Uh, Getter in particular, they fell from $11.8 billion in valuation to $8.8 billion. Uh, and that was after acquiring Gorillas, and Flake now is actually looking for funding as well at about a five billion dollar valuation, uh, which is also lower. Now uh, it's it's interesting. I like I said, I think we're going to see some co- consolidation in this space. Uh, gorillas and Global were acquired for less than three x revenue, uh, while private companies might vary closer to like seven x, uh, all the way up to. Uh, 18, 19 revenue as well. And the lower revenue multiples su- will suggest that those valuations could continue to decrease um, and potentially affecting investors returning to those investments too. Uh, again, I think what we're going to see out of this is just a lot of consolidation. As those valuations fall, you'll see the big guys, GoPuffs in particular, probably scoop up some of these. Uh, I think investors rate uh, will but likely invest if they see those valuations fall. but right now investors they want to see that profit. At Uber in particular, I think just last uh, couple days ago finally reached profit after years and years and years and years. and uh, the fact that we're talking about a market in particular that's continuing to fall off. Uh, it's if it might not be the best investment if you're looking at different especially supply chain investments at this time. I think we're going to see grocery retailers really look into either partnering with some of these companies or acquiring them fully themselves. Uh, There's a lot of uh, companies out there that I think are looking for more competitive uh, marketplaces or this particular uh, driver marketplaces, right? So we'll see exactly what happens in that. Um, The biggest thing, though, is as long as we are sitting in this kind of recessionary period, it's likely not going to see these valuations tick up fast. I mean, I was just on uh, to talk about DoorDash, right? DoorDash is a little bit different than these because they have invested in different areas of revenue generation. Uh, Not only does DoorDash uh, uh, try to at least do a quick delivery, which I will say to say 15 minutes is, is not common on the app, But they also are working with UPS to pick up your packages. They've worked with grocers. Uh, They have, of course, uh, alcohol deliveries. There's other areas that they've invested in that make them a little bit different than others. So they're they're still leading the pack in terms of what I would say on-demand delivery. But in terms of like this quick, we want to set up these micro-fulfillment centers not so much now they did note that uh if those micro fulfillment centers or like someone like GoPuff, who actually uh created like their own uh, ghost kitchens to sell pizza uh again that's a different type of revenue generator and that's what's kind of helped them lead the pack and hold on to evaluation so if these uh uh uh, quick delivery uh companies can find again different ways to generate revenue you might see those valuations pop up, but it's very unlikely as a lot of them have gone through layoffs, right? So you don't have as many people working in engineering or working especially in this environment on new products. It's likely that they're improving the products that are bringing them some type of revenue today. Competition is uh, steep out there. So again, I think we'll see a lot of MA and a action where those who are really struggling to, uh, uh, to showcase any path to profitability will get picked up in some type of way. And uh, again, if those who do survive uh, will likely see that come from that revenue generation from focusing on other areas like higher margin products or even prepared foods like gopuff has done with their ghost kitchens as well. And those are the big topics for today. And I uh, you know what? I do have one other thing. So you guys all know I love retail freight technology. Um I got a a, a shout out. It's not a positive one. Oh I'll, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of positivity. Target. I was on their app yesterday. So uh I uh, you know what? I'll be honest with what I was trying to buy. Uh, Kylie Jenner and Bratz have now partnered in So I said, you know what, I'm going to be the good aunt and I'm going to go get that uh, partnership, that limited partnership uh, toy uh, from Target. Well, uh, shout out to their app. Their app is cool because it does show you where the the, uh, product is available. It tells you what stores you can pick up today, pick up tomorrow, what is in stock today. A lot of transparency, right? Uh, It also has a really cool function where once you get to the store, you can click a button, and it'll show you a little map of the store where you are and where that product is. And Now, this is where transparency takes a wrong turn. I, I did not want to ask for help because I was already embarrassed of the product that I was buying, so I decided to just use the map. Uh, well, that led to me just pretty much being lost in the Barbie section for about a good 15 to 20 minutes. And uh, I would like to say, as great as these applications are, that showcases to you that there's still a lot more work to be done. So Target, shout out to how cool your app is, but negative shout out to the areas that you can fix, right? Just because we have an idea of where a product should be until we start using like RFID tags or some type of better transparency tools, uh, the shopper is still lost and still can't find the product. And guess what? It wasn't even on the shelves. It was in the back the whole time. So. It uh, shows you we got a lot of room to grow, even with someone as big and as technology savvy as Target itself. Now, for everyone out there, Point of Sale is a community. So make sure you guys head to FreightWaves.com slash POS and sign up for a newsletter. So you get that in your inbox every single day, uh, every single week on Monday. Uh, or you can click the newsletter button at the top of the Freight FreightWaves uh, front page, and that will get you to that, too. And then make sure you check out all of our podcasts. We're on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just make sure you like and subscribe so we know what content you're into as well. And, and leave a comment. Let us know what else you'd like us to showcase over time, too. And uh, other than that, everyone, thank you so much for checking out the show. Keep buying stuff so we have stuff to talk about next week. And I will talk to you all soon. Wow, <laughs>